Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the amazing Dr. Hélène Laurent Oliver, a clinical psychologist. And by God, do we need one. Half St. Lucian, half French, Hélène only arrived in Phuket a year and a half ago. And Phuket is lucky to have someone like Dr. Hélène. Having grown up in the UK and Belgium, Hélène studied clinical psychology at Durham and then a master's at Oxford. Yes, that Oxford. Hélène is someone that Phuket needs, helping kids and adults who have mental health issues or just need someone to talk to. She is super smart, super nice, and this was an awesome chat. Hélène is really, really amazing, and I have a huge amount of respect for someone working in this field, and she's just an all-round super cool person. Now, just on a side note, but a very important one, if you're suffering with any mental health issues, worried about life, feeling down, depressed, or just feel overwhelmed or anxious, then please reach out to someone. There are many of us out there that need to talk. And with professionals like Hélène out there, you have a person who you can talk to that will understand, listen, and is there to help. It's not a bad thing to ask for help. And yes, it's easy for people like me to sit there and say, just go and ask for help. I 100% understand. Trust me, I've been there. And in fact, I'm there every day. So I know how you feel. But do it talk to someone. Right, back to Ellen. Enjoy the show. Interesting now because I know nothing about you, mm. so this is quite exciting for me. I've got a few. Qu- I was I'm, I'm, no, I'm let's, just, let's, let's, go. Should I, should I do welcome just, to the podcast bit? Hello, mate. Hi, Russell. How are you? Yeah, shush. <laughs> now, now see if I can get this name right. <laughs> you only I'm going with no. Are you going to go with no? Hele- Helena. No. He- oh. <laughs> right. Let me try. It's it's Helen. He- it's a good job you can edit this podcast. <laughs> Maybe we should not use that bit. Helena. Helena. No. Oh, come on. What is it? So I'm half French. So it's Hélène or Helen, if you want to add in the H. Why didn't you say that from the... If you just said you're half French, I would have just gone Hélène. Oh, yeah, perfect. That's perfect. Okay, we're good to go I've watched Hello, Hello many times. Okay, good. Okay, Hélène. Right, okay, we've never met. Ever. Well, we, you I know there. you. You no, just forgot me. No, no. <laughs> I should apologise for this but now. We have that usual Time thing. is ticking. No, I know. <laughs> it's all right. We're going. It's, it's fine. We're on. We're, we're, I've, I've said welcome to the podcast. I must have done that at some point. Possibly. Surely. Um, this is going to be fun because I know nothing. When did you get to Phuket? Uh, I got here the end of July of last year. So I've been... Oh, you're a newbie. Yeah, newbie. relatively new. A year and a quarter. Okay. And where did you come from? I was living in London, um, but I'm quite international, so I grew up in Belgium, and I was born in St. Lucia. 
I'm excited about this one. I thought you might be. Yeah. Right, okay, so let's track right back. So where were you? You were born in St. Lucia. Yeah, my dad's in St. Lucia and okay. my mum's French. Um, and my dad um, is a diplomat, so we moved around a little bit, but we ended up staying in Brussels for many years and then uh, lived in London and then... Slow down. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, Sorry. whoa. Slow down. <laughs> First of all, when everyone tells me their dad or parents are a diplomat, I never believe it. He's either a drug dealer, an arms dealer, or, or a, spy. A, a, a spy, or a <laughs> child trafficker. Um, I'm, I'm assuming by the smile that none of those are true. Yeah. So or, po- or they might be. But yeah. your, your father was uh, from St. Lucia mm-hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then your mother went over there as a French lady to... Yeah, she went on holiday and my dad picked her up from the airport because they had a... Uh, my mum... A cut. thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's where the thing started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, St. Lucia, is, isn't that a French-speaking Caribbean island? Um, it's actually English, but it's been colonised by the French. Damn French. Oh, no, time. I can't say that. You're half French. How <laughs> <laughs> no, rude. So, so but... Do you hold a French passport or a St. Lucian passport? I hold a French passport. I could have got a St. Lucian one, but because it's not particularly useful. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what would be the point? Fair enough. Yeah, so I just have a French one. But you, you're, you're, <laughs> you don't sound French yes. in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's because you left St. Lucia and went over to the UK at a young age. Yeah, I never lived in France. Oh, okay. Oops. This is fun, isn't it? <laughs> Um, so, so how old were you when you left St. Lucia? Uh, I was a year and a half. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? So St. Lucia experiences yeah. are remote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so I moved to Richmond in London when I was small. Um, so from a year and a half until... Okay, the diplomat thing, Richmond, now, okay, now that ticks all the boxes <laughs> As does now. the accent. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I sound yeah. so British. <laughs> Proper. <laughs> I was going to say posh. <laughs> I think you've got a lovely... I like your accent. It's lovely. Oh, thanks. Do you have any um, relationship, apart from your father being from St. Lucia, do you have any relationship with St. Lucia? Do you go back there quite a lot or is it not something you've, you've done? Yeah, so I have gone back on holiday, but I think, you know, with a lot of these expat people who've been on, you know, lived in many places, I, I sort of feel like I belong everywhere mm. and nowhere at the same time. So, you know, growing up, I would go to St. Lucia and hang out with some friends, but I never felt very similar to them like I couldn't dance like them I didn't have the accent they didn't often understand what I was talking about um so yeah I have it in my heritage but I don't share like a lot of the culture or the same experiences so you don't eat goat curry and rice and beans and peas and stuff (laughs) I worked in Antigua for Uh, three years so it was one of my favorite that's where I fell in love with goat dish beautiful Mm. love a bit of goat you like goat Russell um (laughs) Do you still have extended family over there? <laughs> yeah, I have all my family there. <laughs> yeah. Why are you so, laughing? So what? His, <laughs> his goat noise wasn't that funny. I know. <laughs> I think it no, was, don't do it again. It was so <laughs> bad. It was funny. <laughs> all right. So what do you actually do here in Phuket? Yeah. So I'm a clinical psychologist. Oh, Jesus. Right. Okay. You're in the right much. crowd. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah. Right, so we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am anyway. Okay, well, we're going to get to your clinical psychology and find out exactly what that means. Honestly, I think we should start with that because you need the help. Really? This is why you set this up. This isn't a real podcast. Yeah. Is it? It's an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you grew up in Richmond. Yes, but then um, I moved to Belgium when I was five. Because of the diplomatic Yes. So like when you said you moved to Belgium. You My family, yeah. yeah. Have you got brothers and sisters? I have an older brother and he's a GP. Wow. Wow. 
How much older? There's a smart old family going on here. You know that, Russ. Yeah. I mean, a a dog trainer and a creative podcaster-ish sort of thing, and then we're sat with a clinical psychologist. Like I said, we need the help. I know we do really (laughs) badly. Um, Was your dad a diplomat? For and and, and forgive me if you can't answer this because of the the spying stuff. But is he a diplomat for St. Lucia? Um, yeah, so he was um, for St. Lucia and the other Windward Islands. So um, Dominica and... Um, Name them all. Yeah. Come on, yeah. quickly. <laughs> of the three of us, you should know this. Know. <laughs> was he the ambassador? So he yeah. was the ambassador? Yes. Wow. And okay. then he also um, sort of did the work for Belgium, the UK and some of the other European countries. So he was really busy. Um, growing up but it meant that um, we always travelled a lot so either on his air miles or sometimes um, very I'm glad you said air miles I was waiting for uh, and his private jet yeah. <laughs> no no voice. no definitely not that rich <laughs> um, and yeah or just you know sometimes he'd have something and we might tag along so yeah I've always felt very international and because by blood I'm just a huge mix of stuff um, I've I've just really always enjoyed traveling around and seeing other cultures and everything. Did you? Oh. So, sorry, Russ, but you enjoyed that diplomat life of moving around from place to place to place. Well, we we were supposed to have a, a life where we moved around a lot, but actually, we ended up staying in Belgium for ten years, which was unusual. We, in Brussels, or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually used to go to the British School of Brussels, um, and. So actually, we were quite lucky because we were, I was really happy living in Belgium. It was very international. Um, I always feel more comfortable around international, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell's from Hong Kong. Yeah. Hey. Well, I was going to ask you, the, the first, before I come to answer your question, you moved to Brussels when you were five. Do you have much recollection of those earlier, earlier years in Richmond? Or was most of your formative memories and childhood from Brussels? Um, yeah, so mainly really from Belgium. Yeah, same. Because I, I was I was four when we moved to Hong Kong, so um, again all my yeah I've got a few sort of memories I'm happy, but most of my formative development was obviously in, in Hong Kong. But I, I understand what you mean about that that shared sort of international life. That's just what we've grown up with. So that is normal. Yeah. In in some ways. Yeah. Sorry. All right, not for me. It's not. Yeah. Grabbing. <laughs> South End on Sea, mate, on the Thames <laughs> Estuary. Yeah. Going out clubbing, getting drunk, doing drugs and all that. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do drugs, apparently. If you're listening, kids. Allegedly. Um, Brussels, speaking French or not speaking French? Yeah, so my mum... So, because I went to the British school, it was a bit of a bubble, um, similar to, I guess, some of the expat kids here. Mm. Um, but, yeah, because my mum spoke French, I used to watch some French TV and have a few like local friends um but you know Brussels is quite international and diverse so you know people often default to English Mm. um my parents lived in Brussels for a little while my Mm. dad was in oil and they spent a a few years living in Brussels Mm. yeah I went there once there you go and how long were you so you were 10 years in Brussels (laughs) good moving on yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. so I was 10 years in Brussels um and then actually my dad was um due to go to Geneva um, but it wasn't really sure. So my parents sent me to boarding school for two years in um, Surrey, this really twee, academic, competitive, eating disordered, bitchy school. Um, so it's like it already. Hey, don't hold back. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to name the school while we're here? And I fucking loved it. <laughs> um, I fit right in. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a shame because actually I'd got into to you know lots of different schools, but that one had offered me a scholarship, and I could have possibly got. A sc- 
Sorry, I just did I, did, I didn't stop yeah, you just, with my look. Just, just randomly, just yeah, yeah just got nothing, nothing to see here. You can't just say that and just kind of blaze <laughs> over it. What was the scholarship in? Like a entrance academic scholarship. Because you're smart. What or because I had a pushy mum, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Who works I was me smart to, the to have a pushy mum. There yeah. we go. Well, yeah, no, I had a, a pushy mum who, who, you know. Did you mind that growing up? Having a pushy mum? Mm. Um, well, I think now looking back, you know, be, I'm a mum now, I've got two kids. And um, yeah, I look back and I, was, I really feel like doing well at school academically was the be all and end all in her mind. And, you know, nowadays the world's really changed. You don't. Mm. You're not necessarily successful because you're the best lawyer or the best doctor or whatever. You know, you can be a an influencer or you can have a much more creative job and be happier. <laughs> yes, like you and richer. Let's argue on that point about the happiness. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, should we get there now, Russ, or should yeah. we leave it for another ten minutes or so? Let's. Okay, interesting. And we'll let we'll, we'll, we'll let, now let's touch on that now. I guess. Do you feel that you're not putting so much pressure on your kids? Don't, wherever they go to school and do you feel you're more relaxed with it because and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you for why because I feel very stressed out about my kids because when I grew up it, I wasn't pushed academically um, and I have a problem with academics that I don't understand it and I'm a little bit dyslexic I say mm-hmm. a little bit massively dyslexic that's okay um, and so I'm really quite pushing my kids, kids quite hard and I actually had a meeting last week about it and my teacher was like, you need to stop. And in fact, someone else told me as well that I need to take off my personal issues and not take it out on them. So do you feel because you were pushed academically, you're more not pushing them, if you see what I mean? You, you're the psychologist. You can analyse that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, so there's one thing to push your kids a little bit or to support them. But I think really to start by like listening to them or kind of considering what kind of a child you have so if you have a very creative and artsy child I don't think it's good to just push them at being really really good at maths which is kind of what my mum did I'm quite sociable and creative I used to like drama and dance and gymnastics but none of that really mattered it was all about academics um so I think for me I just really try to look at my children and see what they're curious in and then support that um because of course as a parent you know you need to support them with getting them in that after school club or driving them there or whatever so there is an element of pushiness but I'm trying to let that come from them rather than what I want Mm. okay shit I'm doing it wrong (laughs) 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 when you um got your scholarship did did you know what you wanted to do at that, that age or was it too young I actually, <laughs> I actually have known for a really long time I wanted to be a psychologist. Why? Good question. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you're you're allowed one. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, from a really young age. So, you know, as I said, my parents, especially my mum, a bit of a tiger mum, so was pushing the doctor, lawyer type thing. Um, but, you know, I, I considered being a lawyer, but I was just always really interested in people. Um, and so... Actually, from eight years old, I was like, oh, I'm interested in psychology, which is random, I know. And that's why I know it was eight, because my dad clocked it. He was like, that's a bit young. She's <laughs> um, psychoanalyzing us. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that is at eight, eight years old. Yeah. I th- smart cookie. Well, no, I think I just, <laughs> thank you. I'm not sure about that. But I think I just, you know, had this curiosity for people, loved people, loved talking. I was always getting in trouble at school for talking and understanding people. And so... For a long time, I've kind of just pursued that. And 
sorry. No, it's just not. Did you have any particular? Because it's quite a there's quite a breadth of of a range within clinical psychology. Did you have any sort of particular sort of angle that you wanted to focus on? Mm, yeah, also a good question. Um, yeah, so I've always, up until kind of now, been in child and adolescent mental health. Um, and then when I opened my private practice a couple of years ago, I was getting more adults come through. And I was like, oh, wow, adults are actually easier to work with in many ways. Um, so now I'm shifting my focus a bit more. I'm um, doing some extra training in like relationships and um more in like optimizing so you know for adults who maybe they're not struggling so much with you know big depression or whatever but want to squeeze the most out of life um i'm really interested in those two areas so relationships and optimizing <sighs> take a deep breath jay take a deep breath i'm not sure where to start i need, I need to sit on that couch right? <laughs> <laughs> i need to like so it all started yeah. ellen when i was seven yeah and <laughs> I had a rabbit. I ripped its head off, and um, no, I didn't. No, that was a that was a, that was a serial. They both don't look like <laughs> a serial killer. Joke. I'm a bit concerned. Be, yeah. I know it was Russell's like <laughs> dedicating his whole life to looking after animals, and you're ripping <laughs> heads off. Can I just say I didn't rip off the rabbit's head? When I was spirit seven. animals and bunny. <laughs> um, after you were school, yes. where did you go to then? After boarding school, um, then I went to Durham. Um, actually a nice little story there not nice but interesting <laughs> so at this very twee pushy school like I've always worked quite hard and been humble I think as well but this very twee school it was very you know white um, old money type school and I actually wanted to apply for Oxford um, and this woman who really didn't know me was like oh um I don't think you should apply. And, and I was like, well, you know, I just kind of want to apply and I've got other options if I don't get in. She's like, yeah, but, you know, we want to make sure that our um, entrance um, percentage for yeah, Oxbridge yeah. is good. So we don't really want you to apply. Um, and it was really heartbreaking at the time because I already wasn't particularly happy um, being at boarding school away from all my friends and family who still actually were in Belgium because my dad didn't end up going to Geneva so I was having a miserable time and then she was saying that I couldn't do that so yeah I ended up going to Durham which you know I was happy about but I always felt like she was you were robbed yeah just robbed of the opportunity mm. right I, I now never would have known if I could have gone there for my undergrad um but the happy story is yes I was super happy at Durham and then I applied to Oxford and Cambridge for my master's and got into both and wanted to send them a fuck you letter <laughs> you know, so pleased you said that <laughs> I'm more relaxed now yeah um, and that was studying psych psychology yeah. yeah unbelievable um so after that you then so then I um, did a master's at Oxford, um, and that was a really fun year. Um, what was it like at Oxford? Well, it was amazing. So, you know, I Was think, it what you expected the first time? Um, well, better, actually. Cool. So I think, you know, sometimes the universe has a greater plan, right? And so Durham was hard, but I don't think it was anywhere near as hard as being an undergraduate at Oxford. Um, and actually, when as a master's student, I found it pretty cruisy. We didn't have... All right, get you. Well, <laughs> no, not because I'm a genius at all or anything. Trust me, I was partying and having a great time. But as an undergrad, you have loads of essays. Like, it's really, really intense as an undergrad, where it wasn't that same level of pressure um, as a master's student. So I had a ball. How did you feel? I mean, I don't know. I've been to 
Oxford or which one did I? I, I don't know. I went to visit. Not I didn't go there. Yeah. Let me just say that straight <laughs> off. I was invited right now, to right? a party. Yeah. 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 I wasn't even invited to the parties. I think I just I crashed went, it. I walked around it once. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Mm. But how did you find it um, with the the traditions and the kind of the culture that's there and having to wear this and wear that and do this and do that and. Mm. I think I kind of loved it. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. and There's definitely people who really struggle with that and struggle to find their place. But I think I have many, many, many weaknesses. But one of my pros is that I think I'm quite adaptable and definitely living in different places and meeting different people. You know, so growing up, I would have like prime ministers of people just come around for dinner or I'd just rock down in my pajamas. So it's just something I've never worried about all that much. Um, so I loved it. It felt like sort of being in Harry Potter. And mm. the, the main thing that I loved, and I wasn't necessarily expecting it, but people who get into Oxbridge are sort of the best. And they're not just the best academically. They usually are grade eight violin and doing humanitarian <laughs> work. And, and it was really cool. I, I loved being pushed um, to be better and to do better and to think about what's possible. I don't know about in your circles, but... Nah. Let's, let <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a circle, <laughs> to be honest. No, but let's say, like, so when I was working in the NHS and things, you know, there's just a real, like, impediment, like, we can't change things, like, this is how it is. And I'm I'm a dreamer, so I just loved being around these people that had these big dreams and huge ambitions. It's a great 90s dance song, I'm yeah. a dreamer. There we go. Hey. Um, I'm a dreamer. Well done. Is that Living Joy? <laughs> I think yeah. it was Living Joy. Yeah. I think you're right. Did you feel, because you just said, yeah, that the, the top smart people do get to go to Oxford and Cambridge, but there's also the, the, if you're in the right crowd and if you know the right people. Did you see that there as well, that some people are only there because they're family or of their friends or whatever? And is there a mix between the smart, the real, real smart ones and those ones that are just there because of... They can be. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not sure. I mean, maybe that was more pronounced at undergrad because I was more mixing with the postgrads. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I I didn't really feel that. I think everyone there was exceptional. Um, and actually, looking back at my life, it's one of the few places where I'm like, wow, everyone is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I felt I felt it was a pretty good melting pot. Where I did feel that more though was at Durham, where a lot of people did come from these like posh schools and then there was the Ras, you know, with all mm. the money that were like, oh, oh, oh. and that, you know, so, <laughs> so in Durham, I felt much more of that divide um, than in Oxford. So going through your degree and then doing your master's, what was the, what was the plan at that stage? Like the, the future plan, Would did you always have a view? I'll set my own practice up or I want to go and work in a particular field. What was your sort of vision at the time? Mm. Yeah. Or an office, it doesn't have to be a field. Because, you know. <laughs> or, yeah, or an office, or a yeah. tent. Yeah. yeah, I like that question. So at that time, um, I was thinking, oh, I'd like to be just work in the NHS and become maybe like a consultant psychologist in the NHS. Um, and that was my dream. And then I started working in the NHS. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> and then... <laughs> and you met people like me. Yeah. And, went, oh, and I met the public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I was like, you know, that I'm very passionate about, you know, mental health care for everybody and, you know, making things affordable and accessible. But for me, the NHS environment just induced sort of burnout. So then I changed my 
my dreams. Can I ask how old, I shouldn't ask a lady how old they are, but can I ask how old you are? I'm 35. Okay, okay. Do you feel then that at that time, because mental health is really an only in the last... It, in terms of, yeah, I was just going to come in on terms of well, coming yeah. out of, in terms of coming out, I'm gay. Um, <laughs> in terms of being it's mainstream, it's, that's not the first time I've said that, I think. Um, in terms of being mainstream, mental health has only really come out, I'd, I'd say maybe five years, maybe a bit Yeah, more. mental health awareness. Really. Mental health awareness, yeah. for sure, especially more so in men. Um, when you was at the, in the NHS, was it because it wasn't a thing then? And has the NSS, has the NSS, NHS. the NHS, do you think changed its feelings about mental health mm. that was a good question by the way you can because he's two one up on questions <laughs> oh, I'm okay. keeping count <laughs> you're wrong um, I'm going to jump in and say no but I don't think it's, it's the NHS's fault um, I would my question was going to be more along how long were, we, were you with the NHS about let's say roughly 10 years oh wow well, okay, so, okay. Yeah. and employed directly by the NHS yeah. As opposed to sort of being a consultant going in and what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd have more of a view on in terms of, I mean, the NHS, bless it, is a fantastic institution and long may it continue. But I think it's arguable that it's being ripped apart left, right and centre and underfunded and undersupported and not particularly helped. And did you feel that when you were in the mix of it? And was that part of your, I mean, you mentioned about it, it's, it's an environment conducive to burnout. And is that perhaps one of the reasons why that you're doing for someone like you, I, I'm in this because I want to help and there's so many people to help and there's so much to do and fuck all support really where it's, where it matters. Yeah. Yeah. I felt Cause that's the view from the outside. Yeah. I think, you know, um, so working with, um, children with mental health needs, um, it's already a bit stressful and emotionally draining, but I felt that most of my stress was coming from my work environment rather than the work. So there were many reasons for, for that. So one is that in CAMS anyway, the NHS budget only gives 0.3%. Um, so it's just, you know, huge waiting lists. Um, some Often children are waiting two years for an ADHD or ASD assessment, which wow. for you know which for kids is a long time um or perhaps you know they were feeling very very anxious and depressed it would our targets were sort of six weeks but then you know they maybe then had to wait another 12 weeks for treatment so it was a lot and there was a very specific thing I think specific to me is that there was this huge drive on paperwork and yeah. I've sort of since come to realize that I despise paperwork so much <laughs> enough to make me leave a job <laughs> um and you know, so I could easily have a day where I've only seen two clients, but, but be so busy and overrun with paperwork and box ticking exercise and proving what we've done. And, you know, I was, I just got to the point where I was like, I'm not enjoying work. I was just dreading it every day. Wow. So. In your time with the NHS and even subsequently, have you seen a, an, an exponential growth in, uh, I don't know what the right word, I was gonna say the market. So the wrong word but with more and more people saying yes a i need help or that again that increased awareness mm. yeah so i think there's two things so one is that i think that young people today are much more versed in mental health issues um you know all our kids they they've grown up with you know an understanding of mindfulness or you know lots of things that mm. we 
never did. Um, and I, I think young people are way ahead of us. Um, but the other thing that changed is, you know, with COVID, um, firstly, everyone was experiencing a lot more mental health issues. And then secondly, they were turning to the internet a lot more and finding their community and maybe... Because what could something. possibly go wrong with turning to the internet? <laughs> Pornhub. <laughs> Does that count or not? Have I brought it down a level? Good. Can I ask before we get proper into because I am actually quite not <laughs> Pornhub. We've moved no, no, on from no, that. Yeah, Although well, it is good. It's yeah. good. Some people need it. Yeah. Okay. I, listen, it helps me. It helps. <laughs> it helps people sometimes that might not be getting it. I might have living a life with two children and doesn't go out and just has to use porn to get through his life. Anyway, um, and now back to our show. <laughs> Why did you come to Phuket? Mm, yeah, so all... Was that another good question? Because that you, you haven't... The last one you didn't say it was a good question, and this one you didn't say, but you had a big smile on your face. I just want to go 2-2. Two, two. Okay, yeah, that was a really good question. Thank you very much. 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> Thank you, Desmond. Um, yeah, so all linked to this, right? So in the NHS, there was... It, COVID, I was working as well um, during COVID. Um, so online, getting a bit burnt out with that job. Also, I... Um, had a little baby just before coming to Phuket and actually I wouldn't have been able to put both of my children well with just one child in um, nursery I was basically breaking even so my NHS wage was not great and then after tax it meant that it was the same as my expensive nursery so I was like well with two children doesn't make financial sense and then I yeah, with COVID. You didn't want to give one away, I'm assuming. Give <laughs> both away. Good do. Yeah, could balance the books, right? Yeah. I've thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put one to if work. You're listening, kids. <laughs> really Guess which one it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, with COVID, because actually before COVID, people having online therapy wasn't really the norm and then it became the norm I was like actually it works pretty well you know it's convenient for everybody so I thought why why am I doing this from a small overpriced apartment in London when I could be in paradise um and I was sort of was ready to leave the NHS as well at that point so the only stumbling block was really my husband's work um so yeah we we just decided we want to live, well, I wanted to live somewhere tropical and hot because I'm half Caribbean and I just, yeah, wanted that. And then we also wanted to live somewhere maybe where the cost of living wasn't too high because we thought about St. Lucia, Costa Rica, and Tulum. Joe's Phuket. Well, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the Caribbean yeah. is yeah, a little yeah, bit more yeah, expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we thought about, you know, um, Central America and that region, but actually it's quite expensive. Um, so we were thinking maybe Koh Samui or Bali, but they were still kind of closed and affected by COVID. So Phuket was the only place that was open. And to be honest, that was a happy accident. <laughs> okay. I've got about two questions. Yes. About two. Let Russell, stop. Oh. Where'd you meet your husband? Oh, you get oh. Is that your question? Good question, well, Russell. I wanna, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking free, free two now, mate. It's a right thrill of this. That's it. It's end to end. It's going down the wire, I think. We might have to VAR that one, though. I'm not sure it was a great question. <laughs> I just did it to spite you. Um, really? It's working. <laughs> uh, so, actually, we met at Oxford. Um, so, he, so my husband um, was a rugby Don't player. say too much. Is he British? No. Kiwi. Oh, is he? Yeah. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So he was a rugby player, um, and then he was... <laughs> was a rugby player. I mean, that's understating it, to be fair. Well, you said dates. Well, no, yeah, yeah, so yeah, am I missing something here? Well, no, I was, I was going to suggest we get him on as a, as a guest on the pod, but I just didn't want to 
Okay, I was going to leave it as a big surprise for Joe. You could say it, and I would have no idea who they are. That's also a very good point. Crack on, say whatever you like. Okay. <laughs> so my husband, who's just a rugby player... Can I just say, though, actually, if I was a rugby player, I wouldn't be going to Cambridge. I'd be going to Loughborough or one of the other mm. sporting excellent colleges, not Cambridge, which to me, when I think of Cambridge, I don't think of rugby, apart from when Boris Johnson... Did he go to Cambridge? No. Didn't he rugby tackle that Eton. Japanese kid once? Yeah. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that anyway. was, a, that was oh, actually, anyway, actually quite we'll, funny. We'll leave anyway, your husband for now. So you're, you're just generic rugby playing husband. <laughs> so he was due to uh, pl- spend two years in Toulon, but he didn't enjoy... Two, two years in where, sorry? Toulon in France. It's like a rugby club. But it was okay. too long. Is it near Toulouse? Yes. Okay. <laughs> they do really good sausages, the big circle uh-huh. sausages. Really, really nice. No, yeah. they're really good. Mm-hmm. I like Toulouse sausage. Um, but he wasn't enjoying um, playing club rug- rugby. He sort of, for him, it was only important. He enjoyed playing rugby like for his country, but not for, um, yeah, not for club rugby. So he left after a year and wasn't sure what to do. So decided to, to do a masters. And so yeah, we happened to be housemates, and that's so we were friends. Oh initially. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, so so we were friends initially, and then. One thing led to One another. A couple of shots. A <laughs> yeah. couple of tequila shots on a night out. Fish and bosh, bang, job yeah. done. Yeah. A sherbo... Cha- a sherbo... A sherbo... Ch- what? A sherbo tandy. <laughs> Sorry, no, sh- turbo shandy, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I'll get there in the end. Um, so when his job and he said, yeah, okay, we can come. Had you ever been to Asia before? Uh, Asia, yeah, but I'd actually never been to Thailand. I okay. just... Everyone was like, oh, Thailand's amazing. So I just knew I was going to love it. Fair enough. Yeah. And then you arrived here yeah. with the intention to set up. So had you at that point thought, right, I'm going to set up the, your own business? Um, well, I had an existing business in the UK um, doing quite a lot of Zoom calls and Zoom therapy. So I knew I could, if I wanted to, continue that. Um, but also I had a little baby. So when we moved here, Xavier, my son, was two months old. Great name. <laughs> Do I get a point for that or not? No, it wasn't a good no, question. It, was it, it took question. us a long it's a statement. Yeah. Oh, well. He was only named eight days after he was born because we couldn't agree on anything. I didn't name my daughter. It took us two days to name her. We was a choice of two. Mm. And then when we had her, we was like, well, let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And see which one she responds to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't respond to either, any of them. Just so. black poo everywhere. It's oh, disgusting. no. Oh, yeah. Meconium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, whatever that word was. Yeah. That stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when they first come out, they, they, their first few poos are just. It's like Tar. black treacle. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's yeah. It's great. This is why I don't have kids. Yeah, it's pretty grimy. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, off that. Um, yeah, he wanted to call our son Magnus, and I was like, "Well, he's not a Swedish Ma- powerlifter." Call so him what? Magnus. Oh, they said like, Magnus, which is even no. worse. I'm glad you re- you related that to the Swedish powerlifter though, because yeah. that's exactly what I would have thought yeah. of. Yeah, the strong Magnus man. Strong man. I used yeah. to love that. Magnus Magnuson. I love strong man as yeah, well. They stopped it. Magnus Magnuson, right? No, it's yeah. still on. You just it's on like really one of the dodgy channels. Now. Oh yeah, it's yeah, not on the yeah. BBC yeah. anymore. Yes, yes, it's not covered by the Beeb. It used to be a staple thing to watch though, and you. Well, back in the day. Anyway. Yeah. So we came here, he was only two months old. So I wasn't that worried about work, to be honest. Um and I wasn't that long out of NHS work and everything. So I was just happy to have a break. Um okay. but now you've set yourself up. Yeah, so now I'm working two days a week at the British School, um, as like a psychologist there. For, oh, wow, for okay. This. Yeah, for the students, and that's um, new. I started end of August, so that's been fun. Some of the other schools, I don't think they've had psychologists, but they've definitely had... Get a counsellor? 
I don't know. I was going to use such the wrong term. I really was. But yeah, because my kids have seen, because I've been worried that my kids might be dyslexic mm. and because apparently it's hereditary and it comes down from the male. Blame the men again. <laughs> um, so I've got them both checked out by a couple of the, I don't know what the term would Educational be. psychologists? Probably, yeah. Or the special educational needs coordinator. Well, I'm, t- I'm thinking of special needs, but you can't use that term. <laughs> it's Back to so, the school. BIS. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what do you, so, so what, what do you do there? So I do just normal therapy. Um, so for... S- what, sorry, sorry, what's normal therapy? Uh, I guess... Good if question, Jay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess with young people, um, you know, if they're anxious or depressed, if they're having peer relationships or low self-esteem, sometimes a bit of eating disorder work, um, I'll see them for therapy. But also in a school context... Um, some children need help with um, checking their IQ or some learning profiles, assessing for ADHD and autism spectrum. So, yeah, I've also been doing a little bit of staff training um, and I met Russell at the mental health conference that I organised. Good for you. Thank you for that. And I, I actually, I do appreciate you coming on because a, a, I'm a big fan of mental health um, in, a, in a way of trying to get more people to talk about it. Yeah. Um, i got a couple of questions, though, for you. When it's relating to getting kids to come and see you and to talk about their feelings and talk about, how are they doing? Are they are they accepting it? Because back in the day, if it we, we were growing we up, there's no it. way I'd want to go and and don't take this in any shape of the wrong way. I'm not going to go and see that person. No way. I'm not going to see. Well, I don't need that help. Mm. I don't need that. I'm I'm alright. Mm. Are they accepting and, and, it? And, or, and equally, and then the peer pressure around it of my friends saying, "Oh, you have to go and see a psychologist." You're, that, you're that's, mental, and that's, that's exactly that. But my also, dad sent me to one once, and it was like the worst thing in the world ever that I had been sent by my parents to go and see someone who I'd never met to talk about my feelings. And I almost want to add on top of that, and hubby mentioned this at the seminar. That I mean, from a, a slightly different level, admittedly, but from just from being a boy, from being a man, and asking for help just made it that much worse. Yeah. Do you find that now, or is like you said to be, and earlier, the the kids today are much more aware of it. They've kind of grown up with this. You know, awareness is normal. Mm, yeah, I think it's it's both. So you get some students who actually can be to the extreme, like almost pathologizing a normal teenage experience. That's a long word for someone like okay, me. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so I mean, you know, feeling like there's something terribly wrong with them because they're really hurt that they got left out or dumped by their boyfriend, which is like a normal, painful experience. So you'll get some that actively are seeking out therapy. Um, and then you get some that, yeah, think it's terrible and would never want to come and see somebody. Um, And then you get some other situations, and this is the hardest, is when they feel awful, but it's not necessarily kind of their fault. So it might be that a parent is, you know, maybe being a little bit abusive or or not supporting them in the right way. And then it's kind of hard to work with the young person on managing a situation that they can't really change. Um, How do you deal with... You're treating symptom, not cause at that stage. Yeah, right. yeah, and that that's tough, and that's happening quite a bit at the school, because in private practice, for example, you would need the parents on board because they have to pay for the session and whatever, whereas at school, there's this nice opportunity for students just to be able to pop in and have a session with me, but then it's how do I help in a really tangible way if I don't, if I don't have the parents on board. Do you also find with 
given the the growth and awareness of mental health that you're getting some people or that whether it's and I'm, I'm guessing this would come more from students but correct me if i'm wrong that maybe are really over embellishing um their circumstance or their situation so in, in a way we we for jay and i our childhood would have been based on we're far to the right we would never go and ask for help you just don't do it Nowadays, the pendulum has swung back to say, no, this is serious shit. You need to talk about these issues. Has it therefore, for some, perhaps swung right for her to the left and, like, and everything's an absolute catastrophe and a drama and making the most and, and taking your time over things that really, I almost want to say, just you know, grow up, sort yourself out, you're fine, mm. which you can't really say now. Like in our generation, just buck up, sort yourself out, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's sort of what I was trying to say um, just now about some young people do feel like... They need to slap in the head and just sort your shit out. <laughs> right, okay, that'll be covered No, I, I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but, you know, that it is it's normal to, to cry and, and to have a really terrible mm. day to a certain extent. Um, so, and I think with a lot of pop psychology and you know people who aren't psychologists or posting loads yeah. and loads of stuff I everyone's think, a psychologist yeah and i think it's making people misdiagnose themselves as having something worse that being said i think there is something about our culture at the moment that is hard on young people you know more social media less um physical contact um less community more devices you know there's there's some things mm. going on which i think don't support mental health do you think there's a difference living in this environment as in phuket or any expat where there is a, the communities are so different so obviously my kids are half thai half english there's other kids that are half french and half swiss and thai thai and all that it's do you find that they are working together and, and there's more problems because everyone is so coming from different angles and different views and Russian kids have got different views from a Chinese kid etc 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 yeah definitely <clears throat> I think it's so I'm not an expert in Mandarin and Russian but I think a lot of the terms and concepts we have in English don't even really exist in some of the other languages um, from what I understand there's maybe a little bit more stigma around um, mental health and it maybe means you're weak or you're disabled whereas I think generally like UK or Westerners are a bit more progressive and understanding now but that would be that would be the exact fair point go back even 20 years maybe mm -hmm. even less that would be the, the same labels that we would have used in the UK mm -hmm. or the, or the but, Western world. But if you Agreed. look at the Thai culture as well, the, you go and watch Thai TV and they are making a mockery. Like, it is like being back in the 1980s yes, yeah, yeah. with the TV shows where the little mm. people were laughed at, you know, and if you were a little bit funny looking, you were laughed at, you know. And the Thai, even now that goes on, you know, mm. if you've got that slight kind of inconsistency about who you are, they want you on stage because they want to laugh at you. But, but and have you been to the special school here? No. Yeah, I mean that's the. That's for, a scary place. Yeah, th it's horrific. But it, the my understanding from here is if you're in any way, shape, or form disabled, be it physically, mentally, it's you would you just lean bad in a former life. This is the the, the punishment mm. you carry forward. So it's kind of shunned, sweep it under the carpet, and we just put it all over there. We don't talk about it. Don't worry about it. So there is zero help. Mm. There is zero engagement for people that really, really, really need it on a whole host of sort of different levels. Um, but just circling back to what you were saying about kids uh, or 
kids that perhaps need don't need the help that kind of feel that they do i've had a really bad day that must mean i'm clinically depressed you're not you're absolutely fine this is normal do you also find that with adults mm, well i guess firstly just to say with the kids i don't find that overwhelmingly it's more just not yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know most of the time kids do have these big emotions and there's no need to sort of squash them down and say toughen up <laughs> like yeah, this yeah. is not not the way to do it so if you have a sort of thin-skinned blossom child just go with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, softly 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 uh no i don't really get that with adults to okay. be honest um yeah i mean i'm sure i think maybe with the young adults you know 18 to 22 there might be a bit of that mm. um what, what generation are they like not millennial but the next one I gen z is that gen z yeah I think, uh, i'm so <laughs> yeah I'm beyond it. Can we just, why don't we just start with Jens and just go through the alphabet? I mean, it's so much easier. I could talk to you f- for a lot longer and I think I probably need to. I was going to say you um, fucking need to. A couple of questions before we let you go because I know mm. you, you have to get off and do some school runs. How do you deal with it, you personally, going mm. through what you do, talking to people, hearing such, I don't know what you hear, but you must hear some, I don't want to use the word horrific because that's the wrong word to use, but you must hear some, you know, bad things and, you know, it must be quite depressing for you. So how do you deal with your own mental health? Can I just jump in? So that's a great question. That is a great question. I will give you that. Yeah. Well, just stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, no, that is a really good question. And definitely something I'm living at the moment. So for all the sort of challenges I had in the NHS, the team and the people I worked with were exceptional. And I always felt really supported. Um, also clinical supervision and stuff was all part of that. And I must say, since coming to Phuket, there aren't many uh, mm. clinical psychologists here at all. Um, so it's hard for me to get supervision. And then um, also that peer supervision, I do have some of that at the school. But yeah, I do struggle sometimes with the weight of it. And um, I've been chatting a lot to my husband about like, oh, I'm stressed about this. And I think he not really like a very chatty person so he gets a bit tired great, <laughs> great for the podcast yeah. definitely get him on yeah. sounds great yeah well he's just like oh we'll take on less work but then it's hard for me to take on less work because i'm really one of the few doing what i'm doing here there are others mm. but there's not many um so you know if somebody comes to me in need most of the time i'll say yes and then i'll feel really busy and a little bit overwhelmed so it's something i'm trying to balance and i was actually just talking to russell about that before that you know i used to go to yoga all the time now i work all the time and i do nothing wrong with that you've probably made the right decision (laughs) 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 unless of course unless that's that's the wrong thing to say russ unless of course you need it for your mental health and yes go to yoga and sit there and go hum 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 stretch yeah. yeah, but you know, and but also, so not just for my like stress management and self care, but I also had this, you know, realization that I, I don't, if you come to me with all your problems, I'm not going to have all the solutions, but I have to be very authentic in if I tell you, you need to cut down with work or you need to not worry about this, or I need to practice what I preach because yeah. it's definitely felt. Um, and if I'm centered and can create that safe space, that's like really fundamental to starting therapy and there have been times recently where I have felt not amazing I felt tired because my kids have been up and I felt a bit overworked and I felt like I haven't had enough supervision so this is my current challenge is finding a bit more balance do you also feel in terms of not just the supervision but with what you do there's I'm going to take a stab at this a very limited pool of Mm. people here of equal peers so 
difficult to really have a chat with someone about, you know, I've got this case, can we bounce ideas off? Yeah, well, luckily, even though maybe there haven't been, maybe there are not many uh, other clinical psychologists, mm-hmm. I do think the calibre of people here are like, is great. And I think the sense of community is really strong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a sort of happy surprise, really, because yes, in London, I had a sense of community with my colleagues, but, you know, there wasn't, I didn't feel like in any bubble, whereas here I really feel like... It's a bubble. There's a bubble, and if you put out that you need something, someone is going to help you. Um, So it hasn't been the major problem. I think for me it's just stepping back and maybe finding a way not to say yes to everybody or just, yeah, just not getting burnt out. Yeah. (laughs) I just hope that um, more schools pick someone else like you. To, mm. to, to go and help me out I really do because I think and, and not just schools I think adults I, I mean we're in, a, in an, an island where people come here and maybe running away from something um, as an adult and I think that more people do need to reach out and talk to people and try to you know I mean and I'm a terrible person I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be preaching because I don't talk to anybody I keep everything in completely and it is it's terrible and it's not the right thing to do but it's very difficult to try to get people to go and talk Men yeah. and women mm. and kids, I'm, I'm sure. It's not just, you know, one genre. And also in this, just to take on the, the Phuket environment, I think isn't conducive to it either. Because like you say, it's not, some, it's not just that people are coming here to run away. I think people also get lost here very easily. It can be a very, it can be an amazing place, but it can also be quite dark. And I think once people get into that lull, it's a very small island. It's a small community. So, which adds to the fear of, I'm going to go talk about this. I'm going to have a chat about this or, or reach out to someone. Before we let you go, because I know we we have to, uh, just a couple of bits of top tips and advice. (laughs) Okay. Um, Don't come on this podcast. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, I'll try and make them sort of personal to me because I could tell you random stuff, but things that I've learned. So one is that living in Phuket, we're very privileged, um, especially compared to, you know, the vast majority of people here in Thailand who are working for very small amounts of money and everything. So we're so lucky to be here and to have the choice to be here. And But sometimes the, the weight of feeling like you should be happy because you live in paradise can be a bit difficult. And I mm-hmm. guess I would just say to people like, yes, spend your time being grateful and appreciative, but also by you berating yourself that you should be happy and you're not, it's just not going to help. Just better look at it, understand where it's coming from and try to do something about it rather than judge the feeling. Um, And then another thing linked to the burnout is maybe if people have moved here or they've made a big life decision to change, just be careful about the like osmosis effect, that pull to going back to what you know of like working really hard or just doing what you used to do because... Yeah, if you've made that huge upheaval, try and find strategies to support that life that you want to lead and start by the image and the ideas of what you want to achieve and work backwards from there rather than just think, okay, well, I'll just take on a yoga class. Well, maybe wellness is should be at the heart of everything you do. So start from there and then work backwards. If that makes sense, you're looking at me a bit quizzically. <laughs> <laughs> Back to yoga. And, <laughs> and if, if people want to reach out and, and get hold of you, what's the, the easiest and best way to do that? Yep. So uh, Can I just say she's got a huge husband? <laughs> so don't reach out and grab her too much. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, my website is www.4minutesforminds.com. All word or numbers? Yeah. So number four, minds, number four. Uh, sorry, four minutes. Four minds. Should we put it in the description? It's a good yes. job we can edit this. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not a very good pitch. Um, but you can also email me at helen4minds at gmail.com. Okay. And we'll, what we'll do is I'll put all those links in the description because I will be pushing this out. Because listen, I know you've got to dash off and I'm not going to hold you back anymore. Thank you so much. This was unexpected because Russell pulled this one in, but I, I would love to get you back on another time mm. and just do a whole conversation just about mental health. Yeah. And we don't need to talk about your journey here, although your journey here has been fantastic and really interesting. Um, but it was kind Daughter of... Daughter of a spy. Who knew? I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, you're an amazing person. Oh, thank, thank you very you. much. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank oh, you. Really thank is. you. Um, really and fun. if you do need help, please reach out. Not you, Helen. Well, no, to be fair, if you do, if you need help, you can always reach out to us as well. To Russell. I mean, we'd be absolutely useless. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish. <coughs> yeah. Don't listen to me. Yeah, if you need help, don't reach out to Jay. <laughs> cool, man. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Russell. Cheers, buddy. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to the outro. That was amazing. The amazing Helen, I should say. Oh, the amazing Helen. Yeah. I think I overused the word amazing. I used that last week and the week before. I've used it on every podcast, I think. I call everyone amazing. But then again, people are amazing. I think that was that was a Gary Delaney line. He said he feels... Who's, he wasn't on the podcast, was no, he? No, he was a stand-up comic. Or oh, he's right. a stand-up comic. And he said he finds it really offensive that the word legend has been devalued from ripping a sword out of a stone to unexpectedly returning with crisps, which I thought was good. Fair enough, though. It yeah. depends what crisps, though, because if it's bacon... Um, Walker's Bacon. Walker's Bacon. Yeah. That wins every time. <clears throat> yeah, you are a legend. Mm. And I just had some cheesy squares as well. I like them. So now I'm, now I'm hungry for crisps. Thanks. I for know. That. I like crispies. Should we get back to our guest? Yes. Hélène. Or Helen. She said you can add the H if you want to. Hélène. So Hélène, which I think is very French. She, or Helen. Thank you is... for. Shushy noise. Thank you for organising that one. She was You're lovely. Welcome. I wish we had more time. And I do want to get her. I, I don't often say this. There's many people that we've talked to mm -hmm. and I would like to, you know, you, you just get to a point where you think, oh, there's so much more we could yeah. unpack with that one. And usually I say to you, no, we're only doing them once and that's it. We'll mm -hmm. never go and do repeat guests. This one, I want to do a repeat guest. Uh -huh. And the, the reason why is I probably want to bring back the uh, podcast of Posi Positivity. Yes. And yeah, actually yeah. get her on just to talk purely for half an hour about mm. mental health. Uh, and even uh, your, your question at the end with in terms of give us some sort of top tips or things to think about. And I mean, some, even those two great ideas. Oh, I had but to, to do a whole... I was, I was taking it in. Yeah, no, but that's the point. But from a, to do it, it would be nice to do another a podcast just on the mental health, mental health awareness. And to... With a professional rather than just me and you doing it. Yeah, Because right? we've done a couple Like, like someone that knows what they're talking about yeah. um, <clears throat> would, would probably be a better way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. No, she was lovely. Mm. I'm a really nice person. No, what a really... Yeah, and I, again, I just met her at the mental health seminar at the British School what, a few weeks ago. Um, and just what a really cool, really nice person. Well done, British mm. School, for <laughs> getting someone like Ellen to come in and do it. Yeah, and again, like we talked about, I mean going from our era, if you like, and there's, there's not a huge amount of difference in terms of years and time, but the... It's 10 years difference. Yeah, but, the, but which is not a grand... In the grand scheme of things, is nothing. When you think about where we've gone from in terms of how you and I were brought up in terms of, A, as you just don't talk about mental health. And like you, I think you mentioned, God forbid you get found out for being the kid that went to see the, the oh, counsellor. Gotcha. Yeah, you just yeah. You do not want to be that child. To now where... 
it's you know you, you would push people you'd push your friend to go and you should go and knock on that door you should go that's and see that true. person that's a very good point which very is good point. which is i think great on for for the, the bulk of it because it's it's allowing kids to grow up in the, in in this world as helen said which is I, I would probably argue a more traumatic world now than it was perhaps for us growing up i think there's a lot more awareness of what's going on social media for a start it, it just has got to be a ruiner I think so but and actually, one of the questions I really wanted to ask, and I didn't, and it was in my brain the whole time, was to, it was about the, the gender situation. Yeah, no, you know, and, and it, that, it's another thing to add into the Because into I the saw, mix. I mean, I've, I worked for a couple of schools, or I have done, and there was a couple of times I went to school, and there was, there was a, a young boy wearing a dress. And I said to the teacher, I said, what's going on there? He goes, oh, he likes it. So we let him do it. I said, well, what's his parents? I said, yeah, they're, just, they're cool with it. And I'm like, that would never happen back in the day. And, and you know, and, and how is it all... We get beaten up back in the day, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not saying they should have done it. And they, well, I've got to be careful now. <laughs> yeah. But but that was that was how it was. Yeah. You know, and I really wanted to touch on that and about how, you know, can someone want to be, if they want to be a coffee cup for the rest of their life, are they, you know, I want to identify as a coffee cup. Are they allowed to do... I mean, you know... <sighs> It might be stretching it a little bit. But yeah, I know. I, mean, I, I don't I, know why I, I said coffee cup. I saw a coffee cup. But if yeah. they want to identify as a female or a male or neutral, mm. or them, they, they're not. I don't know what it is nowadays. And, and again, and it's again, this is a very much a generational shift because that is a complete anathema to us. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But to the, gen, the, the generation growing up now, this is what they know. This is what is their, their normal. And to even have those conversations in a lot of ways is, and to be able to have those conversations, better way of putting it is amazing because they can reach out and talk to people about it. How that kind of fits into the, the mainstream. I mean, that's far bit for you and I to sit here and prophesize as to how all this should play out. We need, we need professionals like her to come in and say, and help us out with some top tips. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. She Agreed. was truly, truly. Yes, and, and like you said, I, I would love to get her back on for a, a special oh, absolutely. pod. I, I'd, I'd just like to mm-hmm. talk to her. I'd like to go out and have a, a drink with her and have a chat. She's anyway, married, I'm afraid. Sorry. No, not like that. <laughs> Russell, you can't think... Listen, we talked about Pornhub. I'm in a happy place when I'm there. Um, right, you've got a phone call. So I you, do. You can answer that phone call. Well, I'll wait until we wrap this up. Okay, well, I'm about to wrap it up. Is there anything else you want to say? You're about to wrap me up. You're not here next week. Um, oh, unless I do one on Friday. We'll talk, we shouldn't have this conversation. We always have this conversation. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like having this conversation on... Because I don't, I don't know if anyone actually listens to this bit. And so I thought I could just have this conversation. Do tweet us if you're listening to this outro. And wondering tweet? <laughs> Who's tweeting nowadays? Do Snapchat. Are we on Snapchat? No. I mean, get, getting down with the kids, yo. Well, it's TikTok. Oh, dear God, not doing TikTok. Why not? You can dance, can't you? No, I've, seriously, I've seen, can't. No, you, Genesis, no, 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 good no, tune, but no, I can't. She can't dance. I, I can't I, dance. I, I can't. I was just, I was trying to work it out in my head. I was going Cisco for some reason, <laughs> but that's completely different. Because I, I was thinking... To make gravy with that... No, I made really good gravy yesterday for Zahara, actually. I did this a roast dinner yesterday. This outro's gone off a cliff. Huh? This outro's gone off a cliff. I know, but the gravy was really good. I spent about an hour making it. I do you like good gravy? I know, but it was good mm. gravy. Thanks very much. Right, on that note, thanks for listening. Cheers, uh, we'll be back, same shark time, same shark place next week. Say thank you, Russell. What sort of noise does a shark make? Depends if it's eating something or not. Fair enough. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Facebook at Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter, at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram, at Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell Podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions.
If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.